Hello and welcome to the Lost Horror Podcast. You're, as I said once before, whenever we feel like it podcast featuring me and my co-host, Eric Sayor. Happy Halloween! <laughs> yes, and uh, the me in question is, of course, Arlen Haro. Uh, this is a, I guess, our least planned episode. <laughs> <laughs> we really we went through it just like literally right before recording this. Um so yeah, we're going to talk about some some things, some recently watched films and all that and uh yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. See see what happens. Trying to keep a kind of Halloween-y vibe uh with the movies we're going to talk about but like probably going to diverge a bunch cuz mm-hmm. that's what happens. Uh let's start with our a movie about our favorite uh, uh, circus attraction, or least favorite circus attraction. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Joker, a movie about uh, a clown. Um, uh, an okay movie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, a movie that's visibly made by someone who didn't really know what he was making or that kind of knew and just maybe doesn't super get it yeah yeah it's 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 bothersome like <laughs> it's yeah it's weird. I, I enjoyed watching most of the movie the first half especially i think yeah. it's very strong i think uh joaquin phoenix is just incredible like he gives mm-hmm. uh, he gives like uh performance like, like as good as like some of his best and kind of inspired by his best like the master and uh, his mm-hmm. that. um but yeah like the first half is really like him and his character uh in a kind of uh just like you you get into the character really well i think his psyche is well uh shown on screen and then i think the movie just gets carried away and mm-hmm. just it is so much is in love with its own story that it lets itself go without any like themes other than like chaos for yeah. chaos sakes which i think is like what todd phillips kind of liked about the joker mm-hmm. yeah I-, I get that feeling as well um my, my, I have a lot of thoughts coming out of it. Uh, one of the things I realized while making it, and maybe this is not intentional at all, maybe it's just a result of how the production went, is it It felt like a response to the sort of, um, the joking thought that a lot of people have, which is, well, shouldn't Batman be paying for, to help the mentally ill people instead of beating them up? Um, and this movie felt like, well let's just make a movie about that specifically yeah. in a lot of places um specifically when spoilers uh, thomas wayne punches the joker in the face um that felt i don't know to me that felt like knowing and like it had a purpose to it like that wasn't just on yeah. accident um it yeah, the, maybe it was <laughs> it, there's a lot of great ideas i think in the first half it, it's an interesting movie about class it's an interesting movie about uh, it starts being an interesting movie about uh, mm-hmm. mental illness and how like uh, the people that need the most needed the most are the first that get cut off, uh, and like a uh, Thomas Wayne is the typical neoliberal rich guy that that mm-hmm. that thinks he can that says he can solve any problem, but is just like a rich guy trying to get richer by being mayor. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like yeah. a very Donald Trump esque figure in the movie. Um, yeah, or uh, a Rudy Giuliani, even yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, only I think he's a better person than Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's he's got that sort of vibe to him, um, very much so. And I think even with that character, the movie doesn't do things as smart as it could have. I think um, the idea that uh, so we're going to talk about spoilers for the joker if you care about the joker you've seen it if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it by now i don't think you care that much which is fine like (laughs) i i uh, i i we're the kind of people that we're going to watch this movie uh, yeah for sure the date got announced um 
but yeah, so so the, the movie introduces the idea that uh, uh, Thomas Wayne could be uh, Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck. Arthur yeah. Fleck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Arthur Fleck, the character that becomes a Joker, it could be his father. His mother used to work for him, and then she was uh, sent to a mental institution, and uh, the idea is brought up. And when uh, Archer confronts him, uh, the 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 truth truth in I'll put it in uh, in brackets because I, I right. Just, we're not sure, but like I think the movie heavily implies that what happens is like uh, his mother also had mental health issues and yeah. let him get beat up by her boyfriend at the time and uh, got sent to a mental asylum and he was also adopted. He's, she's not even his real mother. Um, so the movie brings all those ideas that give him an even more tragic past and that like leaves away all the themes about uh, Thomas Wayne being a, like I don't know being the character he's presented as being like the asshole that had an illegitimate child and just left him for nothing and disavowed him I think that that that's just a more interesting movie um, yeah. there's a Shakespearean aspect to that yeah. and that Joker not through any direct means inspires his death that's that would be interesting from a storytelling point yeah. of view um that yeah and it's sort of a way of having having the joker create batman without actually having him be the one to fire the shot yeah. um there's something interesting about that um yeah just people begetting their own destruction and causing their own downfall um that's an int- that's an interesting concept um and i just like, yeah I, it's just it's the, the, the idea of uh her mother his mother's mental illness is responsible for his mental illness not even mm-hmm. like hereditarily just because right. of abuse is the mm-hmm. worst possible uh yeah <laughs> just thematic choice and like it's it, it makes uh the response it puts the responsibility of the joker instead of this society on an individual on his mother and uh and and her boyfriend at the time which like kind of diminishes everything the movie builds up in the first half yeah i don't know it's it's not even clear like the, the, the the what i said would have made about your movie is like not even completely like like the mo- the movie doesn't make a clear decision, and everything that's presented is kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, you you you're all told to the unreliable narrator of uh, Arthur Fleck. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still think like even in this the 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 riot the second half, there's like some interesting imagery. There's like some yeah, good yeah. stuff in there. I just don't think it's a um, I don't th- think it just manages to match what the movie builds out to. Builds yeah. Out yeah. 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 I agree. Like there's, there's so many, I, I, you said it best. I think at the very beginning, there are so many good ideas and things that could be used really well. Um, yeah. But like, there's no central thematic ideal and there's not really a central sort of uh, a story device. Like, Arthur being an unreliable narrator could be interesting, but they only commit to it in order to uh, sort of fa- facilitate Zazie Beats being in the movie. And it does yeah. feel like, well, we want Zazie Beats because why? Why wouldn't we want? <laughs> why wouldn't we want her? But we don't know how to write her in in a way that makes sense for this story uh, that isn't just directly copying Taxi Driver and King of Comedy. So let's do this thing that is completely like ramshackle and kind of half-assed and rips off other movies. Um, like, and let's just do that. And then let's yeah. never really address it again, ever in the movie. Um, it's just not, yeah. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, yeah. Uh, A lot of that is like it trying to be king of comedy. And like a lot of stuff I said about, I said about Todd Phillips is I think he rips off stuff from movies he doesn't get. I don't think he gets king of comedy 
I don't think he gets Taxi Driver. I think he likes their aesthetic and kind of enjoys those movies, but he, he doesn't right. like understand the intent. And I, I think like the one of the most telling things about that is that uh, Scorsese is no longer attached to the film like he was at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I feel like he maybe saw where this was going and just quit. Right. Um, yeah. Or yeah, just like left the project. I see. The, I, I think that's like kind of telling. I think. Uh, I think De Niro is pretty good in this movie. I think having him is yeah, he's pretty like. Good. I, I think the idea of it being like this homage to King of Comedy is pretty good, but I think it doesn't uh, uses that as well as it could. Um, and I think a lot of so much stuff in this movie, uh, I think a lot of the aesthetic is taken from Taxi Driver um, and just not particularly well done. I think uh, throughout the movie, like he's always smoking just the butt of a cigarette <laughs> way too many times. Like when, like I'm an occasional smoker, and when you smoke and you watch people smoke in a movie, you notice it a lot. It's right. like, it, it's like um, <laughs> movies where people smoke and are cool make you want to smoke to an extent. Uh, yeah. Even like when you're, you're yeah. already someone that does smoke, it's just like a, you can't wait to get out and smoke a cigarette. But this movie does it so many times and it's it feels like just uh, <laughs> Todd Phillips thought it looked cool. So he does it again and again and again and again. It's it's like too much, and I I think that like the biggest biggest example of that is like the scene where he's going down the stairs, which mm -hmm. is has become this iconic thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so stupid. Uh, it's so dumb. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about a thing about that later. But like when he's going down the stairs, he's smoking a cigarette and throws it out. Uh, he's smoking the butt of a cigarette because he's always smoking. The, the yeah. end he throws it out and by the time he's down the stairs you see him smoking an other bud of a cigarette that he just got somewhere in between while going down the stairs <laughs> damn I, yeah i wouldn't have even noticed that <laughs> the only time i notice him smoking is when he's behind the curtain with murray and it's a yeah. it's a full it's a full yeah. one um that's that's a fascinating thing that I didn't that I didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's a thing you really notice when you're like when you, you I have like I watch it with some of our friends that smoked and we're well at the end like yeah, he's really smoked a lot. <laughs> Interesting. Um, um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there. Um uh yeah, um, I think it's a bit an easy movie to make fun of too. Like I, I think that like, again, there's great things. I think it's probably the front runners for best performance for best actor this year. At this point, right. there aren't yeah. that many. Like there's other stuff. There's like a Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. There's like a Adam right. Sandler in Uncut Gems. Um, yeah, a couple of other things that I've I, I've I've seen brought up, but uh, yeah, he's he's probably the the front runner at this point. Yeah, and I get it, and I'm, he I'm deserved really to an extent. Yeah, yeah, to some extent, he he didn't. Um, he was he was going all in. That's the thing that I respect um, about him, at least, is that he he did go all in. He he didn't sort of just show up and you know try and be silly and not do a real performance yeah. he he gave it his all and I, and I really respect that um yeah there's a lot <laughs> that's the thing like there's so many places to go from here um yeah okay. the, the thing I wanted to mention on the stairs is uh, I don't think I don't know if you've seen that video on Twitter that's been going around uh, about like a uh uh, a black bronc, uh, Bronx resident that's just throwing eggs on people that are taking pictures <laughs> on the stairs. 
I love it. Bro. I love it's it. Really so good. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes uh, if you're curious. Uh, just a video on Twitter. It's so that guy uh, is so good. He's like, oh, "What the fuck are you doing here? Get out of here!" And just just throws eggs at them. <laughs> That's good. Really good. Uh, the other thing I like is people removing the music um, and putting yeah and putting other music of him over him dancing uh they've all been pretty good all the ones i've seen um yeah that dancing scene is weird um like because it it is actually like in context it works because it comes after just a really messed up scene um that i'm not sure i don't think it's i think it's it's played as funny for some yeah. people, and I don't think it's supposed to be. It but plays think... as funny because of the song choice. Yes, yes, it does play as funny, funny because of the song choice, and it's the only time I'm while I was watching is like, oh, we're not, no, we're not supposed to use this song anymore. Nobody gets to use this song anymore. Um, but I was kind of, I was okay with it in this movie. Weirdly enough, I was like, this is the last time anybody gets to do it because I do think it works well in the context of the scene. But at the same time, I hope Gary Glitter got no money for this. I, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, people are listening, just search Gary Glitter on Google. You won't have to, you won't have to search too heavily to see what I'm talking about. Um, because fuck Gary Glitter. Um, I'm saying it right now. Fuck him. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, it was weird though, because I was like, "This is actually a really good use of this song in this movie," um, and that dance got so it was so like memeized before the movie even came out. Um, yeah. it was that and the conversation about how this movie is dangerous. This movie's not dangerous, by the no, way. No. This this movie <laughs> not is not all. remotely good enough to be dangerous. Um, exactly. <laughs> um. Uh, one thing I, I've seen thrown around that I find very interesting and adds to the context of like Todd Phillips in this movie um, is his first movie, uh, first, not his first like um, the, fee, the the student film that got him uh, kind of mm. uh, uh, noticed, and it's a, a Gigi Allen documentary. I I, probably, I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, vaguely. Um, he's a he's a guy from the punk scene. Um, yeah, yeah, a guy from the punk scene who was known like for like, uh, just like doing drugs on stage and throwing shit at people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that uh, died kind of on stage more or less. I'm not I'm not super familiar with his like, uh, with right. his. Just, I just like read about that in the context. It, it's like. He was uh, an anarchist even in the punk scene and someone that didn't believe in anything except like be the fucking most crazy act possible. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's like, there, there's a link between to from that to Joker. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like pretty self-evident. That's like, oh, maybe Joker is the movie uh, Todd Phillips always wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, and I, on some level, I, on some level, I kind of respect that. Like, there's a, I, I have a heavy respect for the punk aesthetic and the sort of uh, uh, way of thinking. Um, I think that it's just it's just a very hard thing to sell now in this current moment, especially very classic punk. Um, but like, there's part of it that I kind of am like, yeah, maybe a little bit more of that, more of the, like, I don't give a fuck a thing to it, but I don't know if this movie. Yeah. I don't know if this movie really like commits to that in this, I, in that I know, sense. I, but I, I think that's like, um, I think the movie ends in a revolution that has no, like, real yeah. reason to exist. Mm-hmm. Especially in the context we have, like, right now, there's yeah. mass, um, mass protest in uh, Lebanon right now. There's mass protest in Chile. Right. There's mass in Chile in um, in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. uh, and 
and this, this movie like has no like it comes from someone that has like no idea why these protests exist right and he's like uh, yeah like, yeah like the stuff that's happening in this movie physically is kind of pretty close to what's happening in Chile like what's happening in Hong Kong at times mm-hmm. uh, in the last like like Chile yeah. is burning they, they, they set like uh, uh, like the metro stations on fire and mm-hmm. <laughs> all for like very political reason and this movie is the, tries to be the most apolitical possible um, yeah, yeah and it also it doesn't yeah it doesn't feel like it understands yeah, it feels like it doesn't understand those movements, and it doesn't understand the. It doesn't understand any sort of political point of view. It doesn't want to. Like yeah. it wants to show them as very surface level, um, like these sort of eat the rich esque people. Um, I don't think that this perspective of the that type of person sees them for what they are, which is being kind of tongue-in-cheek to some degree about what they're saying, this movie's like, no, those people really want to do that. Those people really want to, like, go full-on cannibal and roast yeah. people alive. Um, like, there's no understanding of... Um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, of just, like, ambigu- ambiguity about yeah. different points of view. Um, and if there was even some of that in, in any of these characters, either in these sort of Thomas Wayne types... Or in the sort of street crowd that's, yeah, we're okay with three people getting shot on the subway just because they're rich. Um, which is something that, like, I don't know if anybody would just, like, cheer for that. They might be like, well, a few less dicks in the world to deal with. But I don't know if anybody would be celebrating that in reality. Um, unless they were personally affli- uh, afflicted by them or harmed by them in some way. Like, it's, um, it's, not, it's not like it's... Um, it's like just three random Wall Street guys, right? Yeah, they're and they're not even like they're not like the heads of a trust <laughs> no. fund that like <laughs> had many like thousands or even tens of thousands of people kicked out of their homes. They're just like three dudes. They're just dudes who are like kind of being a little bit aggressive to towards a girl, um, which kind of leads to another thing that. I'm not the first person to have pointed this out, is that Arthur Fleck, up until a certain point, you kind of root for him in this movie, and I don't know if that's the best thing. Um, that is the one thing I'm like, yeah, maybe they shouldn't have done that. I don't know if sort of leading us to be on his side for so much of the movie and then turning is such a good idea, the way that they did it. Because um, yeah. even uh Robert De Niro we're not really on his side when he's starting to get too aggressive or too um violent we kind of shift and we're like yeah I really hope you don't do what I think you're about to do <laughs> I really hope not um that would be not great um but you follow because he's so interesting and if yeah. this movie really had the balls to like just have this character do bad things to people who are legitimately good for most of the movie and assume that we will follow it because he's interesting that's a different situation altogether yeah um but yeah it's just eh, on that on that on that angle um yeah i don't know where we are on this yeah but, uh, I, I, there's a, there's a lot yeah. to talk about yeah no, it's, it's 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 probably gonna be the most talked about movie of the year uh to an yeah. extent uh i I don't know if 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 the only thing it is it wins is like a um, best actor for Joaquin Phoenix. I think he yeah. there are a lot of people that deserves it much less than him that have won in the past. So I'm like I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but if like I don't know, I feel like it's people are really really loving this movie, and I I, I don't know yeah. how. Like yeah, I don't where it goes. That. Yeah, yeah. There are there are people who I've seen who are saying things like "best movie of the year," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen what? like three movies this year? Right. Like, that's, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I get if you're the guy that watches like 
comic book mm-hmm. movies and Star Wars, and you're like, okay, that's the best movie of the year. Right. <laughs> Maybe. I don't even think it's the best comic book movie of the year. But yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's not it's not even like even like on on like the on the Phoenix scale. <laughs> like I'd say it's like it's like middle. It's like I would put it dead middle, maybe of of what I've seen. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not, it's yeah. nothing too special. I don't know. It's just it's weird for me to see people put it very high up, and I'm like, are you just like trying to do the Dark Knight again in your head? Or are you thinking that this is like a redemption thing? Because like this movie's not even like it's not even half as good as the Dark Knight. <laughs> I'll just say that. Like like. I'm bored by The Dark Knight now because I've watched it a hundred times <laughs> to the point where it's just part of my DNA and I can't acknowledge whether it's good or bad or not. I can point out things that are like, maybe don't work, but like, uh, I can't, but I know that it's great. So like, yeah. I don't get it. I'm at the point with The Dark Knight where I'm, it's been like enough time, like four years, I think, since I've seen it last, that I'm like, maybe I'm going to watch this movie and not like it as much. Uh, so I sure. just don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. I just let I let the version in my head live there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. why would I want to ruin that? Like, yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, I think I saw this movie. I saw it three times in theaters when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, the movie I've seen probably the I have I don't rewatch movies a lot, uh, in a, especially in a short time span. But that's like one that I was like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, now it's been long enough that I'm like, yeah, maybe, and I've seen people make fun of it enough, uh, uh, enough that I'm like, maybe going to think about that when I watch it, because there, there's like some like not, there's like some stuff that you watch when you're like 15 and you're like, this, this is the smartest thing in the world. And you watch it again right. when you're 25 and you're like, yeah, this is cool, but it's not like the smartest, mo- the best movie ever right. made. <laughs> Well, you've also, this is the other thing, you've seen other movies, so you're like, oh, oh, this is just heat. This first part is just heat. This is the first part of heat. Um, Yeah, like, (laughs) I've been there. I know that feeling. Um, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, that was Joker, by the way. Um, I don't have any final thoughts. Do you have final thoughts or anything like that? Let's move on to other fun stuff we've been watching because there's like yeah there's been a lot of cool uh stuff um uh, i i went back and watched an, a netflix movie that came out earlier this year from a director that i liked his first movie um i watched velvet buzzsaw that you've also seen yes. um uh in the halloween team i was like i was like okay let's go back and watch the this horror movie that has like a a really interesting setting that you don't really get in movies. Uh, It's set in the art world. And I think that's like the best part of the movie, because I think everything else is bad. Yeah, it's, (laughs) it's a movie that I wanted to like. Um, I wanted to like it quite a bit, but I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, And, and the director was a big part of that. And, uh, He's the same director as Nightcrawler. Yes, yeah. same director. Um, so I wanted it to be good. I wanted yeah. it to be really good. Um, I think the best the best stuff for me is the fact that it's it's obviously him kind of uh, uh, taking a, a couple jabs at like the audience, <laughs> like the yeah. audience that watches movies and like kind of being like you didn't like that. Denzel Washington movie I did. This is why you're wrong for not liking it. And that um a movie that comes at you with that kind of perspective, it's fascinating automatically. Um because you're like there's so much passion here. <laughs> there's so much like there's so much intent in what's going on that I can't not be fascinated by it even if I don't enjoy it. It's the same kind of thing as The Room where Tommy Lasso is clearly working through some of his own personal issues, <laughs> so it's fascinating to watch. And there's a similar thing with Velvet Buzzsaw, where you're like, yeah. "Oh, okay, so you have something to say. Um, I'm just gonna listen. Just let it let it flow." Um, but it's it's very badly made. It's very poorly yeah. made. Yeah. Most of the scares don't work. Um, like it, it should have never been a horror movie. 
No, definitely not. Because um, the the problem, the biggest problem with the movie is like um, it sets up this context of around like the artiest artiest art world in Los Angeles. There's like David Diggs as this like new, young new graffiti right. artist. Um, Jay Gyllenhaal as an art critic that's like uh, that that talks in the most pretentious way possible uh, and has like a taste that's like uh, that feels almost completely esoteric but it's like still believable when he says it like you believe what he says mm-hmm. um, and uh, you have like uh, um, uh, Rene Rousseau mm-hmm. you have like Rene Rousseau that like is an asshole that runs an an arts or an art gallery and brings up artists and like and it's also like there's no the values to stuff makes no sense and it's yeah. all it's also cool to see like the first 15 minutes i think i think when you just get immersed into this and into these really weird characters and it's all like um kind of uh unnatural in an, to an extent like it feels like um Kind of Twin yeah. Peaksy almost. Uh, yeah, you're not even watching like real people. You're watching an ex- exaggeration, but it still feels like mm-hmm. the, the person making the movie really understand the context of like what's happening and what these people do. Um, mm-hmm. And then it tries to be a horror movie, but it's it's all told to this like uh, yeah. very like um, outsider. Uh, outsider look at that scene and tries and there's no i i, th- I think it never manages to m- put any never never any intensity any like uh really tense moment because of like that outsider look at all those characters you don't really care about any of them you're just like interested in watching them be uh yeah. kind of weird assholes uh in a twin peaks in a way <clears throat> so it it, yeah. it just never gels together yeah, it never works. It never really yeah. fits. Like, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the movie I thinking about it that it kind of reminds me of the most, with a lot of overlapping cast members, is Nocturnal Animals. Um, and regardless of how I might think about that movie, it balances tone very well, um, and it's doing a lot of very similar things. It's trying to be a satire while trying to have this sort of darkness sort of running through it and vacillating between being incredibly dark and trying to be funny um, and a little bit biting. And I think that this just doesn't, it doesn't land a lot of that, Um, at least not cohesively. Um, There are moments that might be a little bit unnerving or scary um, or surprising, and there are moments that might be funny, but a lot of it just is undone by the fact that the jokes come so close to the scares and in ways that just feel uncomfortable and they sort of just unravel one another um you know characters like uh john don john or 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 don john john or something like that like that's just a funny character name and his character in the movie is kind of interesting as well but like his death just doesn't work from my yeah. memory of it like it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. feel right and it doesn't really affect you in any way um like at all <laughs> like it's just it just happens um and it's just like eh, okay that was a thing um and i'm and i i watched this movie back when it closer to when it came out in february and i i don't really do reviews on letterbox very much but this is my review from then uh it has a beginning middle and end um <laughs> which is a pretty which is pretty that pretty much sums it up like well this is clearly the first third of the movie where they're setting up what's gonna happen and uh i really do wonder when that uh when that hobo robot's gonna come back <laughs> um like there's so and this is another one where like kind of like joker where there's a lot of stuff in here that could be interesting like Hobo Man, <laughs> as a robot hobo superhero, as like a joke and sort of a satire of what's going on in movies, that is an interesting thing. That's an interesting concept to sort of play around with. And there are so many places you could go if you had a good comedic 
mind behind this. But I don't think that Dan Gilroy is that funny. Um, and then the stuff with the painting. Aside from the scene where um, Zawe Ashton, who's playing uh, Josephina, um, her scene is probably the scariest, where she's getting like sucked into the painting, um, and she's like yeah. trapped in a room by one of the paintings, um, or like a building. She's tricked into going in because she thinks it's an exhibit. Um, aside from that scene, Dan Gilroy isn't that good at building the kinds of scares that he needs for this movie to work. Um, so I think that if if this movie was in the hand of somebody who was very good at scares or was very good at comedy and satire, this movie would work better because there's some expertise in either of those two fields. Um, so to make it work so if you had a jordan peele uh making it uh it would be far more interesting yeah. i mean obviously it would be far more interesting that's no brainer or if you had an adam wingard directing this it would be far more interesting um yeah. but I, I think just danny gilroy is the wrong guy for this movie as weird as that is since it's clearly very personal to him um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like the context is more interesting than the rest of yeah. the film. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the disappointing part uh, for me. Um, yeah. And the yeah. cast is great. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it gets to the point where at the very end, where the very end is the best part of the movie because it's just John Malkovich on a beach, like, <laughs> yeah. running around in a circle. Um, and that's the best scene in the whole movie. Um. Because he's so delight, he's so delightful and so gleeful, and having such a great time. Um, yeah, like that. That was a good. That was a good moment. And I think the only good character in the movie is uh, the the only character you would for is Coco, the girl that finds all the bodies. And I think that's like yeah. the best, the best goof in this movie, uh, which is like a part I like. like I have to. So yeah. like, there's some good there's some good stuff like i think every time jake and hall talks it's like really funny and good but it's like mm -hmm. just not there I, I feel nothing when watching it other than like amusement sometimes yeah yeah it's kind of amusing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Colette kills yeah. it kind of if, if from yeah. my memory but like yeah again like i've seen her do much better very recently yeah. um and very soon so like eh, it's just it's kind of yeah. eh, lost to me um yeah uh, another movie from this year i just want to mention uh, quickly is uh, that i watch is zombieland double double top um yeah that you haven't seen uh right. and uh my review for this movie is that uh it certainly feels like a direct sequel to Zombieland and it's certainly not 2009 anymore. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, it has funny jokes, but it has like nothing else that like a couple of funny jokes. There's no yeah. like character development. It's kind of really a misogynist, a misogynistic movie. Uh, mm. Like it treats is its woman characters kind of like shit. Um, like in a way that would maybe have been funny again to me 10 years ago, but sometimes well, I'm like, what, sure, you'd want to do this I, joke? Yeah, from what I've heard, it would have been out of date 10 years ago. Like, it would have yeah. even been, like, kind of weird then. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't need to watch it. If you love, if you still love watching Zombie uh maybe watch it sure <laughs> that's yeah. that's like when i the person i'd recommend it to if you because it, it, it's it's like kind of the same uh, anyway yeah. as far as like uh ruben fleischer's movies go i think venom is better that's my <laughs> i mean I, I don't know for me like everything after the original zombie land is downhill as far as i'm concerned but whatever you know um you know yeah. i think i think i have like this weird fondness for venom that i like it more as time goes by a lot uh, a lot of people are saying that and i don't i don't understand it 
<laughs> a lot of people have said that to me, and I don't get it. But I think it's just like loud. that Tom Hardy is so good, and their relationship together is just like really sure. good. Uh, and I think it's good um, despite him directing it, not because of because every sure. directing decision in this that movie is garbage, and like. Mm-hmm somehow Tom Hardy and like Michelle Williams can manage to save it. I think even the script I don't think is that bad. I think there's like having Riza Ahmed as like an Elon Musk type. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elon Musk, Peter, Peter Thiel yeah. type uh, is like kind of smart. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, let's not talk about uh, Venom until <laughs> Venom comes out next year probably. Uh uh, uh, I can't wait. Can you tell? Directed um, by uh, what's his name? Uh, the the motion capture actor. Uh, how can I? Oh, know? um, it's uh, yeah, it's directed by Andy Circus. Andy Circus, which does yes, get yes. me excited. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because it's because it's Andy Circus, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think we both feel a certain connection to him. Yeah, <laughs> as, as just as a person. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. To see what happens. I, I've not watched his uh, Jungle Book movie, but uh, right or yeah, Mowgli, the Legend of the Jungle. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I saw that movie. It came, it came out in 2015, I think. Uh, it was called Jungle Book. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and it was the only all right uh, Disney live action remake. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably it's probably the, the best one, one. On the only one that like didn't make me want to give up like halfway through, yeah. like Aladdin that I tried to watch the other day and just like I mean, couldn't. yeah, it had Idris Elba as a tiger. Like, yeah, <laughs> like what else do you need in my? What what else yeah. is there? Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to bring up anything you've watched recently? Uh, so one I'm gonna shout out is I don't know if I need to shout it out because in the horror community it's getting a lot of buzz and a lot of people are talking about it. It's a movie called Satanic Panic. Um, it's directed by Chelsea Stardust, um, and it stars Rebecca Romaine. Uh, she's sort of the big, uh, big actor in it. Her and her husband Jerry O'Connell are both in it. Um, Arden Mar- Marine, who if anybody who's like a big comedy sort of fan might know her um, but other than that sort of the leads are somewhat unknown you might have seen them in a couple of things here and there but for the most part they'll probably be fresh faces to you um and it's a very simple story uh, a pizza delivery girl is delivering in a kind of upscale fancy neighborhood um and she stumbles into a satanic meeting um where they and it's the night that they are going to try and summon uh baphomet (laughs) and uh she unfortunately lets it be known that she is a virgin and uh, that is exactly the thing that they need and they are fresh out of so stuff stuff happens as a result and it's a real crazy movie with uh drill dicks and uh and flying sheets that uh try to fuck people and all kinds of weirdness uh and yeah it's just a very very uh interesting little sort of horror comedy that is incredibly yeah. fun it's worth giving a rent at the very least i bought it because it was only two dollars more uh to buy it so i i did that and i was not let down uh rebecca romaine owns this movie uh really 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 owns it um she is uh, amazing she <laughs> in this movie uh so watch it give her give her give her give her a shot and uh uh yeah i don't i don't know how else to sell this movie other than yeah. like you'll have a fun time at the very least um and uh yeah so is that's... it is it better than uh that other pizza delivery horror movie from this year last year slice <laughs> Oh, I haven't. I don't think I've seen Slice yet. It's been on my list. Um, Slice yeah. not great. Love Chance the Rapper. Love Zazie Beats. They used right. to love Chance the Rapper. Now he's kind of uh, his last album is yeah. kind of bad. But yeah. Anyway, like I really like him. 
I like his uh, SNL sketch on League of Legends. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> worth looking up. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, he's yeah, uh, bad movie. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that was part of why I didn't get to it immediately. Um, no, this is I think this is better than that. It's just okay. a very, yeah. it's a very fun movie. That's the thing. Like I have to emphasize, like it's just a very good time. And the lead actress, who I don't know, I don't know her from anything, but it she feels like somebody that, like she's on a uh, this is us. <laughs> or some like giant TV show that I just don't know about. Um, if you told me she was like the biggest thing in the world right now, and I just don't know her because of uh, whatever, you know, like what, she's one of those people where you feel like she should be like the lead of a big television show or something like that. Um, and if not, she's going to be, she's going to be everywhere. I pretty soon. I'm, I I would be shocked if she wasn't, um because she's uh she's got a very uh interesting energy on screen um and she's able to sell so many sort of emotions and drift between comedy and drama very fluently um and really sell it and the other female lead of the movie um it, who is sort of uh uh, a light antagonist um, who they sort of who becomes friends with her as the movie goes on. Their sort of uh, friendship develops very quickly, but it feels very real. It's sold very real, and you really believe that they deeply care about each other. By the time uh, that story sort of wraps up, um, and it's just it's just very authentic and very real. And I was very shocked by it in a movie that. I, I expected to sort of be gory and kind of uh, um, raucous, but I didn't expect a movie that had like a, some genuine emotions in it. Um, so yeah, like it's just a, it's a very good film. Also, uh, Chelsea Stardust is a really good director as far as I can tell. So I'm going to be watching, watching what she does going forward. So yeah, that's, that's panic. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to say on that. Uh, do we want to quickly do the lighthouse because we're going a bit longer than I hope? Uh, uh, last thing I'm going to mention is a saw Parasite yesterday. That's the best movie of the year, I think. Uh, hashtag Bong Hive, go watch this movie. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's great. Okay, I'm I'm curious to see what that means when I find out. No, just um, Bong Hive is just like a. Um, Fans of oh, okay. Bong Joon Ho, yeah. <laughs> hashtag oh, when see. the movie original premiered at Cannes. I think uh, film critic Karen Han started it, and I like her. And I, uh, it's been uh, widely spread. And I think I Bong is like one of the best director uh, right now. And like that's yeah. maybe I haven't seen all his movies, but it's maybe yeah. it's up there. Like it's it's great. Right. Yeah. Go watch yeah. it. Don't read anything about it. Just watch it. Yeah, I agree with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the Lighthouse. Um, where do we start with this? Um, it's a good. It's a good remake of The Shining. Um, <laughs> uh, which is all all Robert Eggers does at this point. Um, he just <laughs> he makes versions of The Shining over and over again. Um. And uh, I think his challenge is seeing if he can do it and have me not like it. Um, that's that's really what he needs to do um, at this point <laughs> to really uh, expand as a director. Um, yeah, that's he's he did something interesting with this one. I, I want your take because you saw it tonight yes. uh, before we started recording. Yes. So, like, what are your thoughts? Uh, I I loved this movie. It's uh way funnier than i thought it'd be it's like really like laugh out loud maybe sometimes i was like the only one <laughs> laughing uh but right. yeah it's it's like really there's, there's so much like small things and like uh it's, it's much funnier than i thought it's very it's never like super tense it's like it's like this weird like over 
it, it, it doesn't feel at all like the witch i think which i i kind of really liked it feels yeah. uh very different uh it looks incredible it looks like the best possible version of um of a, like a, a 40s horror film um yeah 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 like it does like someone that has watched like every 40s gonna make the best looking one possible that's what it looks like in my mind um having just watched the wolfman that's like the the thing that came to mind um yeah it's it's just yeah. like a it's a really um uh homoerotic film um there's yeah. like a uh a, not in the not n- almost in the subtext like there's some in the text but it's not like it's don't go in looking for a gay love story that's not it but it's like yeah it's a very movie about like there's a lot of like uh there are interactions that feel uh very uh sexual in nature and i don't know how much the director and how much of that is the performance i think uh edward pattinson uh tends to give very um (laughs) (laughs) robert pattinson i i you'll never he'll never live it off he never will um robert pattinson i've never seen a twilight movie i think in its entirety so that's the worst part Uh, robert pattinson pattinson gives uh like tends to get like very sexually charged performances uh, yeah. Also, I think I read an interview this week that's like it's his third time in the row in a movie where he he jacks off on camera, which I found very funny. <laughs> oh God, that's true. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I guess you get typecast at some point. Yeah, at some point it just just happens. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of things in this like. And it's it's a movie that you can read it in a lot of different ways, and it just and all of them would probably work. You can yeah. find you can find stuff to support your different view and views on it. Um, I like that it's something that I tend not to like, which is that it's kind of vague about some of the supernatural elements. Yeah. I tend to like kind of hate that. Because I'm like, that's just do it, just commit, just go all in, or don't do it at all. Yeah. But this is one where I was okay with it because of the performances. Yeah. Um, and the performances are so good that it doesn't matter. You can they they are so convincing that it doesn't it doesn't really need to be answered one way or the other whether or not any of this sort of paranormal stuff is actually happening. Um, because you really just like you believe it if yeah. the characters believe it and you believe that these characters are seeing what they're seeing experiencing what they're experiencing um and you can sort of just read it in onto your own lens and take it how you will and interpret that information the way that you wish to um which is something that i really appreciate uh and that all of the, all of it feels central to where it's set and sort of the history of nautical of uh, nautical history and nautical um, paranormal uh, lore. It's all very linked to sort of these ongoing ideas throughout yeah. uh, that that history of you know mermaids and Poseidon uh, or uh, Neptune um, and those figures and the Kraken and like it's all these things that are wrapped up into one. Um, and it's so deep and detailed. And then there's this other aspect that is sort of Lovecraftian, which is just the light in the lighthouse itself that sort of is this thing that's above it all, but is also sort of central. And it's just very interesting. Um, and you, when we were talking about Velvet Buzzsaw, I think you talked about David Lynch, and this has some sort of David Lynchian stuff going on as well. Um, uh, specifically when spoilers uh when Robert does finally get into the lighthouse, there are some heavy uh black lodge vibes to that moment um and I think that's where it sort of sits on its sort of supernatural stuff 
in that sort of Twin Peaks range um, where you can choose to read it, read in more if you want to and assume more about the paranormal elements of the story. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's I, I love when the, when the, all the texts of the movie and everything that, like, every, every supernatural event is explainable with supernaturally, um, with stuff that's said in the movie. That's the thing I really like, because even when you're seeing visions, you see it all from the point of view of Pattinson's character. It's you know, he's the he's the narrator and he's like an unreliable one to an extent. And from at some point, you don't know if he's getting gaslit or if he's like uh, seeing stuff or if you kind of lose completely context in the same way he does. And it's still like um, it's still captivating and it's not it's not confusing because you just want to kind of see it, how it's going to go for him. And I think like you really get into both of these characters. I just love them together. They're great. Um, (laughs) The, the, their chemistry is up there uh, when they're just like, they're dancing and singing and getting drunker and drunker every night. Mm -hmm. Um, which kind of heightens the idea that you you don't really understand what's going on because they're at some point they're just always drunk. Um, yeah, but I think my the the moment that just that's like I think genius is this seagull moment um, in the middle of the film with the immediate yeah. change of the wind and then uh, and then the storm comes like immediately and then that's where like the 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 barrier between like vision and not kind of disappears and you're like okay is it it's supernatural and then there's another event that's like oh maybe it's not maybe they're just having visions and then there's another event that makes you question it again and again and again and i just love how it builds to that and to an ending that's like kind of revelatory but not really a Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. just a it's it's a I think an amazing piece of work. I I I never would have like made the link to the Shining. I think, um, but yeah, yeah, I get it. I I I can see it definitely. Um, there's some yeah. there, there there's like this idea that's like yeah you're you're stuck in some place and you uh, lose uh, the idea of reality and the violence. Uh, comes and yeah, yeah. Similar to the witch, of course, but yeah, uh, yeah. But they're doing it in different ways. That's yeah, the thing yeah, that I yeah. appreciate. Um, yeah, no, it's, it never feels like you're watching any character from The Shining or from The Witch. Right. The characters feel unique, and because Robert, I because I, I've done some light research on Eggers, and I know that he he's a history nerd, much the same way that I am, where he. He researches like speech patterns of people from the periods of time that he's making movies about. So the witch is partially informed by him just like being obsessive about the way early settlers talked at that period of time. And then with this being obsessive about how people who worked in lighthouses and from this area of America would have talked and that obsessiveness, it comes through in the way that these characters talk. Um, it feels unique, but it doesn't feel like just like pirate <laughs> pirate talk from <laughs> from an old fifties pirate movie. Um, and it just like, yeah, you just feel like the research and the thought that goes into it and makes these characters so unique and of their time. Yeah, uh, I think um, uh, I th- <laughs> think that the credits kind of made make sense for me is. Uh, uh, that the film takes place because uh, the accents were kind of weird to me for like a movie set in America, but it made way more sense uh, America in like the 1800s. But it made way, made more sense when I saw it was like Eastern Canada. It's in no, it takes place in Nova Scotia, um, yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, okay, now I kind of get why the sea guy would have a total British accent. Um, yeah. Uh, from that that time that makes way more sense um mm-hmm. 
and I, I I don't know. I just really like how he makes you feel in the era of the yeah. thing you're watching. Yeah, it and the yeah. the period becomes a character. Yeah, um, that yeah. like it, and it's so important to everything. Like the fact that if the sea's too rough, a boat can't come in and help them. Like that's a that's a that's a thing that just like it just informs the period and the way the story is going to go. And it's just, it just feels right. And the fact that like the fact that they're just eating lobster, um, which makes sense if you're living in the ocean, but still like they're just eating lobster. (laughs) That's just their, that's just what they're eating. That's just what they have. Um, Like it's just all these little things that inform just where they are in time and place. It's just, yeah, it's just very well thought out and uh, I enjoyed it greatly <laughs> uh, yeah yeah the, the moment where uh when uh he's asking about his cooking <laughs> yes is the maybe my favorite scene in the movie it's so good their, their faces are so expressive and the and yeah. i think the how the the framing the movie is shot in i think uh, 16 by 9 if i'm uh uh, if that makes is it 16 by 9 no it's even a smaller thing than that maybe anyway it's kind of square <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah, like, it feels like it might be filmed on like an old film yeah, camera yeah almost. but like uh, uh, what, what that format uh, really works for is um, close ups of faces because the face the face takes the whole screen uh, and you get like you you can get a full face and there's like nothing else in the frame. Um yeah. that you when you have a widescreen you can't really do unless like you zoom on the eyes or something very specific. Uh mm-hmm. and I think that's like uh both of these actors, uh I think the first specifically has like a super expressive face and the movie uses both their faces and those close-ups in a way that that's like always um always makes you react like or you're always understanding what the character is feeling and it's sometimes it's really funny other times you're like okay i kind of get uh what's happening more by seeing that face or sometimes it's just like uh moments of high intensity um mm-hmm. yeah but i mentioned at the beginning i think the tone of this movie is great i think it's just like uh it manages to t- treat very serious characters uh, with so, uh, um, some ridiculousness that they're, that's just like natural in that setting, and I, mm-hmm. I I think that like makes it really enjoyable to watch. Um, to to uh, a bit more than I think uh, the witch the the witch is very good, but I I don't think it's like. Um, fun to watch yeah 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 no i can see that i can see what you mean by that yeah no, it's like, like it's like a good watch it's it's very yeah intense it's very like uh, yes uh, you you're not moving while watching this movie um mm-hmm. uh, except at the ending when you're like kind of cheering <laughs> yeah yeah the light lighthouse is a better it's a better background movie yeah um <laughs> like i could i could see myself watching this one as i try to go to sleep very easily it's just it's got a it's got a fun vibe to it and it's uh yeah, yeah it'll, it'll make for interesting uh dreams later on <laughs> as i'm as i'm half asleep digesting it into my own uh visions um yeah yeah just yeah there's a i think i said all i can really say yeah. at the moment but uh because i think we're going to talk about this one a lot oh yeah it's uh, it's gonna be brought up uh probably at the end of the year uh, there's so much still to come this year uh, some of the best movie we talked about the best the stuff we're excited for so go back and listen to that but it's like yeah uh and just so like two of my favorite movies of the year back to back in theaters so i'm just like mm-hmm. in a good good mood right now yeah it's a, it's a good time it's the best time i would say yeah. for us to be yeah. to be fans of this of this uh art form yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah um 
that's it for our um special halloween episode of uh the <laughs> podcast uh yeah. you can follow me on twitter uh i'm at easier uh and that's it for my plugs yeah uh phantom zone podcast i, I i'm a, i'm gonna assume people know they know their stuff so uh yeah go go listen to that and uh have a good spooky halloween um uh, Bye. Fuck Gary Glitter. <laughs> <laughs>